Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Simon Miller the board, a-hole here, and welcome to a podcast. Isn't it crazy? We've done two in a week. You won't believe it. Hell is probably frozen over, and if you look out the window, there'll be pigs flying. Talking about hell freezing over, it's probably frozen over right now. If you're living in the UK, my word, today is like the, the greatest day ever because it's not insanely cold. Like, it was so cold over the weekend. I got a cough, as you can hear, which is not great for a podcast. You are going to have to forgive me and bear with me. I do apologize. But, I mean, it got to the point... Well, you don't want to put your heating on in the UK because the energy costs too much. I mean, they're just mad prices. So I was wearing like three jumpers. I mean, this sounds ridiculous, right? But when I wear a jumper, I usually don't put a jump- anything on underneath it. To me, a jumper is a separate piece of clothing because I'm usually so warm. Had about nine pieces of clothing on. And even then, holy crap, absolutely crazy. Anyway, let's not worry about that because that's really, really boring. We have had another week of pro wrestling. I'm not entirely sure a massive amount has gone on. I thought Dynamite last week was very good, trying to do things in chronological order. That Ricky Starks MGF stuff I thought was fantastic. I thought it both it put them both on a pedestal. And hopefully it gets AEW kind of headed back in that direction where we focus on new guys, focus on new stars, etc. etc. Um we're going right into the Brian Danielson program too, which is kind of obvious. Don't know if we hold that off till March when Revolution is or February whenever Revolution is. It's still a good few weeks away. But there are a bunch of cool programs, you know, happening on on AEW right now. Led up by that one, we're getting Wardlow versus Samoa Joe in a couple of weeks as well. Plus, we're getting Jamie Hayter versus Shida tomorrow night, or tonight, I should say, which is going to... I think that match is going to be excellent. If we give them the freedom that All Elite Wrestling usually does, that will definitely be one we're talking about for a while. And I suppose the big question at the moment, which does tie into the most pertinent news is, you know, when we get Jamie Baker, Jamie Baker, when we get Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker taking on Sarai and mystery partner, who is the mystery partner going to be? Everybody says Sasha Banks. Now, could it be Sasha Banks? Yes. The latest we've heard about Sasha Banks is that she was offered a deal. Well, no, let me start again. Her WWE has expired. They came to some sort of agreement on it. She's out the door. She wanted a certain amount of money. Again, this is all speculation and rumor. We don't know. Always take it with a pinch of salt, but it's still fun to discuss it. It's still fun to speculate. Basically, WWE and her were miles apart when it came to the figure. She wanted Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch money. They didn't believe that she was worth um, that kind of a figure. Seems crazy to me. They didn't think... See, they said, the statement they came out with, again, in the rumor mill, was that WWE higher-ups don't think that she would be a main eventer for the next five years or so. Now, I don't think they necessarily meant that in terms of skill level. I think probably because she has so many outside projects that she's going to be someone that leaves and heads elsewhere. I think Becky Lynch will probably do that. I think Charlotte Flair is probably going to be a lifer. But they could have meant that. I think it's crazy. I mean, Sasha Banks' fan base, her work in the ring. If you want to argue she doesn't feel like a main eventer, it's because she's never been pushed as a main eventer. Every time she wins a championship, she loses it. She's been involved with a lot of nonsense (laughs) over the years. But either way, she's out the door. So she could be going to AEW. Now, first of all, she's definitely going to New Japan. If that isn't true, I'll be absolutely amazed. But there's no smoke without fire. And we've got Wrestle Kingdom coming up in a couple of weeks. And I think after the Kyrie match, I can't remember who she's fighting now. It seems very likely that Sasha Banks is going to appear and they're moving into the next show, which I believe is New Year's Dash or the second night of Wrestle Kingdom, which is a couple of weeks later, whatever it is. We are going to get Sasha Banks versus Kyrie in a non-WWE ring, which for a nerd and a geek like me is very cool. And I'll be massively intrigued to see... 
you know, what kind of, um, uh, 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 sorry, I'm looking for, what kind of impact she has. Like, we know when Chris Jericho went there, New Japan World subscriptions went up. People were massively excited about it. Obviously, Kenny Omega helped with that too. It was a happening. And I can only assume, and again, once again, people are saying that she's going to get more than uh, Chris Jericho. But what I would imagine they hope is going to happen is it's going to spark interest in the product. And it is a smart time to do it. Man, I didn't think we were going to talk about New Japan in this show, but we are. We'll be quick with it because I know that's not everyone's favorite topic. But it is a smart idea because we've got Omega versus Will Ospreay. And I think that we're probably going to get some other AEW people over there. Maybe Brian Danielson, maybe not. FTR obviously heading in that direction. So there is going to be interest. You'd be like, oh, I recognize those guys. That's why it peaked as much when Jericho went over there because you had Omega. I think Cody was still doing it in the Bucks. Whoever it was, it was people that people were interested in. And Jericho was the icing on top of the cake. So... We should see if that's going to happen with Sasha Banks, especially as they try and grow this women's division. So I think it's exciting. I do believe she's in Japan right now. Once again, if we believe all the reports. So we're going to have to see what goes down with that. And otherwise, yeah, I mean, Raw on Monday was a Raw show. I actually thought it felt a bit like a 1998 Attitude Era show or 1999. Just so crazy. Everything kind of submerging at the end of the show. I think the bloodline right now are on fire. I love the fact that Uso, Solo Sakura and Sami Zayn ran wild. It was really cool too because... Sami Zayn actually feels like he's enjoying this now. There was a bit of umming and ahhing before, whereas now he's like, no way, man. You know, I'm into all of it. And of course, pride comes before a fall. And the fact that we ended with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn staring at each other is just a wink, wink, nudge, nudge to what's going to happen. And I believe um, we talked about this in the last show, but if it is not Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens at the Raw Rumble, something has definitely changed because all the hints are there, all the teasers are there. I'll be absolutely amazed if we do head off in a in a different direction. And we shouldn't do either. I don't know how you get out of that match because I don't think Kevin Owens can lose clean. I think you need to have some kind of storyline, maybe where Sami Zayn accidentally screws him over, which then brings us to February in the Montreal show when, of course, we should be doing Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn. Now, if somebody wants to pull the trigger and have either Sammy or Kevin win one of those, I wouldn't actually be that mad. But I don't think they're going to do that. I think they are probably going to try and get to SummerSlam uh, with uh, with Roman as champion because then he becomes the fifth longest in history, takes over Pedro Morales. And I get that there's some worth to that. So ultimately, what's going to happen is, and this probably also ties into Raw, given that Kevin Owens pinned the Usos, even though he was teaming with Seth Rollins, we can do Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens taking on the Usos at WrestleMania 39. The Usos lose their longest running ever championship run, and Sami and Kevin can be a tag team for a while, then Kevin can turn on Sami, and then you can do that at WrestleMania 40. Now, as someone that has been following these guys' careers for a long-ass time, that puts a tear in my eye. Water comes out of my seeing device. These are the kind of things that I want in professional wrestling, so fingers crossed it's going to happen. But I did think it was a fun show. Not everything was awesome. I thought the fact that Bobby Lashley was just unfired was a bit like, well, that was a waste of time. Uh, Alexa Bliss lied and said that she was screwed over Bray Bray Wyatt when she screwed Bray Wyatt. And there was just too many distractions, even though that was clearly intentional because it was like an attitude era roar. When I sit down to watch three hours and it's distraction, 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 distraction. When I get to number four, I'm just a bit like it's lame now. Although I do love the judgment day. That is probably one of the best things. So we are going to do 10 best wrestlers today, as the title suggests. Male wrestlers. We're going to do female wrestlers in another list because I was trying to come up with 10. I was like, you know, it's not fair. There needs to be more shout outs here. And the judgment day would absolutely be on my most improved if we were going to do such a thing. Like, when they first got together with Edge, it just wasn't working. It wasn't clicking. But thankfully, we saw this. Adam Copeland realized, and he removed himself. And Finn Balor, Damian Priest, Dominic Mysterio, and Rhea Ripley have just become such assholes. Like, they're like, all your drunk mates that just want to cause chaos. And Rhea and Dominic together is fantastic. When he got the water spat on his eyes and sold it like it was death, this is what I want 
from my pro wrestling. So yeah, that 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 was all fun. Of course, AJ Styles versus Sami Zayn. No one's ever gonna get ever gonna get mad about that. And I thought Bailey versus Becky Lynch was very good too. It was just ruined by the fact that we got a distraction. And I was surprised that Becky lost so soon. I don't necessarily think we had to do that, but look, it doesn't matter, does it? It's just pro wrestling. There's no um, there's no need getting upset about it. So I don't think there's much else uh, much else happening. Uh, obviously, Bronson Reed. Uh, Jonah, he he redebuted for for WWE and he's teamed up with the Miz. I did think that ladder match was a little bit too long. It was stretched out for my liking, but I always think we have to respect what these guys are doing for us. I mean, that horrible bump they took off the ladder was exactly that. It was horrible. So I don't think we should crap on it too much. I don't think it's fair. And I like the fact that uh, Bronson Bronson Reed is back. You always get these weird people going, well, he didn't get any response from the crowd. Did anybody expect him to get a better response from the crowd? I didn't. I, t- I certainly take the argument that maybe we shouldn't just always debut people this way. Totally get that. Maybe he could have had a bunch of video packages like back in the day. You know, there's a thousand things we could have done. But... I don't even Triple H. I don't think. Oh yeah, we're going to send you out there, and people are going to go crazy. I mean, he was on NXT and never even made up to the main roster. And if he did, I've forgotten about it, which kind of sums it up. So, give it time. Let him get over. Doesn't mean he is going to get over. He's not going to get over. He's going to do well. He's not going to do well. But they like him. They want to give him a push. Let's see what happens. One of the biggest problems with WWE over the last um, ten years or so is the lack of new stars. I'm not saying that Jonah is going to be a massive star, but I am saying that. Let's give it a go. And people just jump on people's backs so quickly. It's just like, ugh, ugh. <laughs> like I'm trying to throw up on the microphone. Uh, in passing as well, I will mention the Lacey Evans stuff just because I understand that it's a uh, talking point. Listen, I don't think that kind of stuff should be spouted out there. I think if you're suffering from such ailments too, that's just going to make you a super sad panda, right? And nobody wants to be a super sad panda. So, yeah, that's kind of my opinion on that. And when it comes to the Mandy Rose stuff that we were talking about um, last week, literally she broke when we, we were on the air. Look, I don't know what her contract says, and I don't know what WWE know, and I, and I don't know any of the information. All I do know is that there's not a problem what she is doing you had so many people claiming moral outrage. Oh, it's terrible. I can't believe it. It's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, oh, shut up. She's allowed to do whatever the hell she wants. She's running a subscription service. Now, look, if it says in a WWE contract, you can't do this stuff, that's a different conversation. But I understand why they would let her go. And by proxy, if she wants to go screw you, WWE, I'm going to keep doing it because I'm making $500,000 like in a day. She should be able to do it. I hate people are allowed to do whatever the hell they want to do as long as it's not hurting anybody else. And what she's doing is definitely not hurting anybody else. In fact, a lot of people are obviously benefiting from it, right? We can quite see this. So, yeah, I, I, I hate all of that rhetoric and stuff. And ultimately, get your bag, get your cash, do whatever the hell you want to do, and ignore everybody else, right? I think that stands to reason. Okay, we're going to get into our 10 best wrestlers. Now, the reason I wanted to do this is because I did. I'm not going to tell you who it was. We'll talk about that when we get to the relevant person. I did a uh, tweet the other day mentioning a very specific wrestler and the, I, the, the some of the replies I got were insane. <laughs> There's no point. There's no point pretending otherwise. They were truly, truly crazy. Like people just losing their damn mind. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? This is, people just need to calm down. And actually, maybe I'm being naive. I didn't think it was going to cause the the kind of fuss that it did cause. But 
Some people take this stuff very seriously. And worse still, the one that really gets me is people don't actually listen to what I said. Again, we'll address that when we get there. But I thought, well, I tell you what, that kind of makes for a good um, a, a good talking point for a podcast when there's not a tremendous amount of news. Because I always feel like wrestling takes a lull in December. Because, of course, everybody's waiting for the Royal Rumble and the road to WrestleMania. And I truly think the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania could be flubbing fantastic. Like, I really do. I think that if it all goes how it could go it could be two it could be the, one of the best Royal rumbles ever and it could be one of the best wrestled manias ever i truly think that i i could be wrong obviously but i definitely think that there is there is something to it and fingers crossed it is who doesn't want that why wouldn't you want the greatest thing ever right of course that's, that's what we're all trying to buy into and that includes if the rock comes back as well i'd be amazing people would go crazy it would create a moment and wwe needs that they need those moments at the moment right they need to keep this momentum going as long as long as they can do um, but we've gone way off track here. I don't know why we're talking about this. We are going to look back over the last 12 months. Now, what I want to tell you, and what I want to remind you before you go crazy and send me crazy messages, this is my list. You don't have to listen to me. I'm amazed you listen to me to begin with. Like, it means the world, and I genuinely appreciate your 45 uh, to, to one hour, your 45 minutes to one hour every single week, but I truly am an absolute idiot. I'm just one person. And do not forget, one of my favorite things that I enjoy more than anything is when goofy wrestling and awesome wrestling are paired together. This ties back into my, che- to my tweet at cheap plug assignment of 316, right? It's true. That's what I like as a wrestler, and therefore my opinion is going to be skewed based on people that are doing that. And if you don't like their stuff, you're allowed to hate it, and you're allowed to think it's crap. You're allowed to watch my own wrestling matches and go, well, they're absolutely pants. That's okay. I would prefer constructive criticism so I can get better, but if you just want to draw a line under it and go, no, it's Pap Simon, totally cool, that's the world we live in. You've got to accept the good, and you've got to accept the bag. And as we are here, cheap plug, Simon Miller on YouTube. Please give me a subscribe. You can find my reactions to my matches on there, and hopefully we can have a little bit of a good time together. However... These are my 10 wrestlers, and I'm going to go through. I'm going to base them. I'm going to give you my reasonings for them, and if you want to drop yours as well, I'd love to hear about them. So in at number 10 is Okada. Now, this is an interesting one. Do I get to see as much New Japan as I want? No, I don't. So there's a bunch of guys that probably could be in here, but they're not just because I can't find a place for them, right? <laughs> that, that's the long and the short of it. But the reason I like Okada so much is I always go out of my way to watch Okada matches, and they're always great, like every single time. You do not get a bad Okada match. And I guess one of the criticisms you could throw at the man is that, well, an Okada match is an Okada match. But that's like saying, I want Jerry Seinfeld to start doing one-liners. No, I don't. I want Jerry Seinfeld to do observational jokes. And I want him to be that sort of weird, kooky guy I like so much. This is what Okada does. And I've never seen him have a bad match. All I ever do is see him drag other people up to his level or bring other people up to his level. And the matches he had this year, I mean, the Will Ospreay one, hold off on that because we talk about it, the Naito one, et cetera, et cetera. You can just pick any single one from 2022 and... The dude is just one of the best in the world. There's no two ways about it. New Japan obviously is going through a little bit of a rough time at the moment as they wait for fans to start cheering again and business to get back up. And without that man in the center of it, I don't even know what we would have done. I truly, I truly, truly mean that. And again, I do not watch a lot of the program just because I don't have time, but I go out of my way to watch Okada matches. Be that from a nerd point of view, be it from a fan point of view, be it from a study point of view. I want to see what he's doing and I want to see what people are talking about because nine times out of 10, he's always in the conversation. You know, people are oh, have you seen... Have you seen this? Have you seen that? So he's got to be in there. 
it's kind of frustrating because it means that other people have had to have had to be pushed out of there. But such such is the way. But if you are trying to get into that kind of thing, especially in 2023, when I kind of feel like people see Wrestle Kingdom and they compare it to WrestleMania, just go and find the Akada Omega stuff, the Tanahashi stuff, the Naito stuff, the Osprey stuff, whatever it will be. If you like his style, you will love those matches and you'll be a fan for life. And given that he's had another banner year and because he's carried a company on his back, that is truly how I see it, him and Osprey. I want to put him in here. And that's why I'm putting Will Ospreay at number nine too. Now, look, Will Ospreay should probably be higher up this list, but I'm not massively fussed. <laughs> if you want to take this as a 10 is the worst best and one is the best best, that's fine. But that's not really how I'm seeing it. These are the 10 wrestlers that I thought of when I made this list. And it just from a... Uh, a chatting standpoint it makes so much more sense to <laughs> to jump straight across to will osprey now will osprey is an interesting one because he gets so many plaudits from everybody and again you have a contingent again well he's not as good as some people say well no, i actually my opinion think that he is because he literally can have a good match with anyone and he's done that in new japan he's done it in the independence that match he had with michael oku at uh, rev pro is worth going out of your way to see and I think the reason this year has been so good for him is because he still does flippy dippy doo da. He still does all these crazy moves. And he still goes at 100 miles an hour and he still kind of defies gravity. But his selling is just so much better. His character work is so much better. He is basically the complete professional wrestler now and he's not even 30 years old. So in three or four years more, he's going to be even better. And it wouldn't surprise me if he starts making more appearances in AEW given that he does have the Omega match at Wrestle Kingdom. And honestly, you could do that Omega match in January, and it may be one of the best matches of the year, right? <laughs> it absolutely could be on January the 4th. So we've got 12 months, 11 and a half months left, and all of a sudden we've already got one. And I don't want to give too much away, but the match he did have at Forbidden Door was another huge reason for this because he took a guy that gets a lot of unnecessary grief, and they, they didn't make each other, but they backed up the fact that if you are into these two, I mean, the proof was right there, right? You couldn't have been surprised by it, so... I am, I am putting Will Ospreay in here. As I just realized, as I'm saying this, I'm forgetting so many people that need to, <laughs> that I need to mention. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stick to the 10 people I get down. And again, you can message me going, I can't believe you didn't say this guy. And be like, oh no, I'm sorry. I really, really screwed up. But in number eight is John Moxley. We're talking about people carrying companies on their back. That's what John Moxley did. Anytime there was any kind of problems, any kind of issues, you know, Moxley was there to have a terrific match. And this is from a guy as well who went through some really bad personal stuff this year, given that he went into rehab. And the fact he came out the other side... I mean, I think it probably did take him a few weeks before he got back into the flow, which makes perfect sense. Who wouldn't be like that? But by the time he'd found his feet again, great matches, great promos, great character work, just great everything. And it was just like, this, this, dude, this dude is so invaluable to, to, to AEW. And he cares as well. I think that's the other thing. Not that it is the be-all and end-all, but he cares so much that I do, I, I totally think that kind of, that comes across in his matches, and that makes you buy into them a little bit more too. It's a shame he got caught up with all the William Regal stuff, which was ridiculous at the end of the day. I thought AEW did the best with it, and of course they were kind of put in that position because um, because of the CM Punk stuff, who would also be in my list, by the way. He's not just because he checked out in, in, in August, and you've got like October, November, December, three extra months. But I, you know, as we are here, I think CM Punk had a terrific year. That MGF program was absolutely fantastic. The dog collar match would be in my top 10 matches of the year, and I don't need to worry about what's going on in the in the personal lives of these people i mean it's interesting from a fan standpoint but mostly i just want the elite and cm punk to be super duper happy but in terms of 
you know, what he gave me as a wrestling fan, absolutely he's up there. I mean, I, I don't, maybe he's injury prone. We're not 100% sure because I think he had two freak injuries. But moving that to one side, he's proven that he can still go. And if he is able to find his way back to AEW or WWE, I would love that because I'm certainly not done with my CM Punk stuff. Anyway, moving that to one side. Yes, I think this is probably John Moxley's best year ever. And he's about to have this Hangman Adam Page program, which is going to be awesome too. I just think you have to have him in there. He was too important for that promotion and kept them ticking over when they need it most, which is arguably, to a lesser extent, what you could say about Seth Rollins in at number seven. There isn't much you can actually say about Seth because he's always great. And that's why he should probably be in this list every single year. I wouldn't say necessarily he's had any defining feuds this year, apart from the one with Cody Rhodes. And again, Cody would be in my list, but you know, he had to get, he got injured in May or whenever it was. And that match would be in my top 10 matches as well. But Seth Rollins is just great. You put him with Austin Theory, he's great. You put him with Bobby Lashley, he's great. You put him with Roman Reigns, he's great. It, it just is, and that's why he's such, that's why I kind of see him like the uh, John Moxie to AEW is Seth Rollins to WWE. Because if you find yourself in any kind of position, you need someone to go out there and just have a good match, who do you turn to? Seth Rollins. The Mustafa Ali match, absolutely flubbing brilliant. His character, I know, is a bit hit and miss to some people, but I like it because it makes me laugh. I just like dumb characters, as we've already discussed. And if you were going to start a promotion tomorrow, it's this kind of guy that you would want on your book straight away. Because you know he's going to bring eyeballs. You know he's going to bring good matches, good pro. He's just got the he's a total package. He's Lex Flippin' Luger. And eventually, because he's, I mean, the only criticism I would have is sometimes he's face and sometimes he's heel. And it gets a little bit confusing, mostly because I'm stupid. But the only criticism I would actually... You know, I would actually have, it's not, so that is my criticism. The point is, when we actually do decide for him to be a good guy, and he can sort of lean into that more, I just think he's going to get even better still. Because all of his moves, his comebacks, everything is, uh, is, is geared towards this. So, yeah, I, I'm such a big Seth Rollins fan. I think he gets a lot of hate just because he spoke out for WWE a lot. And sometimes he did say silly things. But I totally understand, uh, you know, uh, sticking up for the company you work for, especially when you're in the position that he is. It just stands to reason. Maybe WWE even told him to do it. I don't know, but he gets in my list at number seven, which moves us on to number six, which is Maxwell Jacob Friedman. He could easily be higher up in this thing. He could easily be number one. I reserved number one because it uh, it ties into a moment that was very, very warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum, but... This was MGF's breakout year. Now, he would tell you that his breakout year was every single year, but he is the AW World Champion. He does have the ear of Tony Khan, and he's just done some majestic work. Do not forget, I, mean, I know there was the whole controversy with why didn't he turn up for this signing, and why has he ruined Wardlow's big moment, etc., etc. However, he still did go out there and get squashed by Wardlow, and by the end of the year was still the AW World Champion because he gets his character, and he knows how to get himself over. That doesn't just happen, right? You have to have a certain skill towards this, which he does. He's, what, 24 years old or is he 26 years old? I think he's 24 years old. I'm going to check right now. Uh, click there. Yeah, he's 20, sorry, he's 26. He's 26 years old. So this is like a Will Ospreay situation. In 10 years' time, he's just going to be ridiculous, if he even is in still professional wrestling. Like he said, he's thinking about going into movies and who knows what else, and he'll probably smash those as well. I mean, he's going to be in that Iron Claw movie. That's pretty damn cool. The other point is that he doesn't wrestle that much by choice. Once again, it's a, it's a very, very smart choice in many ways because it makes his matches feel more important. But when he does, I've never seen him have a bad match. And all I ever see as a reaction is people going, oh my gosh, he's so much better than I thought he was. I totally forgot about this. Because people that's what people do. They actually forget that he's that, that he's that good. And they kind of come up with in their heads that the reason he's... Uh, He's not doing matches because he sucks. He absolutely, he doesn't suck. I don't know how he's going to hold on to this title either. I would try and get through the entire year and really cement him as one of these guys. Then when he does lose it and comes back from whatever he may or may not be doing, you can, um, 
uh, you know, he can always be somebody you can rely on, essentially. So he can fit into that Omega role, that John Moxie role, the Brian Danielson role. Um, and it, it's just, the guy is just so, he's just so good. And people like to rag on his promos now. I think that's kind of ridiculous. I think we're forgetting the kind of promos we've had for the last 20 years. You know, the scripted stuff that gets old really fast. Just watch it, is all I say. I think this is just the start. It's just the beginning. And when we do get to 2024, if genuinely there is going to be a bidding war, it's going to be absolutely nuts. And I think the gloves will be off and any kind of war is going to be, is going to be times by 10. But we'll have to wait and see. And moving on to number five is just Brian Danielson. The reason I put Brian Danielson in here is just because I cannot believe anyone is that good at wrestling. That's why I put him in at number five. He is probably the greatest professional wrestler to ever live in terms of in-ring talent and in-ring technician skills. It's quite frankly ridiculous. I have seen him take on everyone over the last 12 months and he never drops the ball. He never makes a mistake. And this is a dude coming back from a concussion. Well, from a serious, I, 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 you know, a run of concussions. And it's a shame that he missed the Forbidden Door pay-per-view because I think that Zack Sabre Jr. match would have just, it would have been like maths. <laughs> it would have been like hardcore, uh, like science maths. I mean, I can't understand how they're doing any of this. None of it makes any sense. How is it clicking? And once again, I don't know when his contract is up, but everyone's going to want him. doesn't matter how old he is. Even if he's 44 years old, so for some reason he's contracted for five years. Brian Danielson's contract will come up. You're like, we've got to get that guy because you can put him with anybody. It's like a Seth Rollins situation, but times 10. You can put him with anybody and he will make it work. And also, he just totally gets it. I saw a promo he did the other day where clearly he had been told, uh, we were going to this place, I don't know, Cincinnati or whatever it is. We need you to... Uh, we need you to, you know, do a promo. And it was so over the top and it was so silly, but only he could get away with it, right? It was just, it was just made me laugh out loud. So I like him and I, I love his wrestling. And I think it, the last couple of years, I guess because he has left WWE and he is, um, he has gone to AEW. And usually that's what happens, right? When you spread, you spread your wings, people kind of look at you in a different way. And the fact that, you know, he, his reputation has increased despite everything that he's already done. I mean, absolutely fantastic. I hope, however we're going to do this MGF program, it comes out the other side benefiting Brian Danielson because, once again, you want to look for a negative, probably lost too much. Maybe some of his matches didn't feel as big as they could because he just wanted to wrestle all the time. I don't massively think that is a big deal because he's Brian Danielson. You can turn that around whenever you want. It would take a matter of weeks. But when you have somebody this good and this consistent, I don't see how you don't have them in the 10 best wrestlers list. And also, I enjoyed every single thing that he did. And that's all I'm looking for here. All I'm looking for is to be entertained, to be enjoyed, to have have fun, put a smile on my face, and he ticks that box. As did number four. Now, this could be many people's number one. I certainly would dispute it. It could have been my number one, but I want to talk about the last three in a bit of a different way. Roman flipping reigns. Now, he was number one in the PWI, and people are like, I can't believe it. I mean, that's a kayfabe list. And he's been the champion for like seven million days, so he was always going to get that. But it's also just the fact he's been so flipping good, right? He's been so, 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 so flipping good. It's just... He gets the character. He's got the bloodline. That's one of the best storylines on TV. He totally understands when to react and not to react. His, once again, him his lack of resting makes his matches feel even bigger. He had all that stuff with Brock Lesnar that on paper was going to be pants, and both of them made it work. He feels like a star. Like Even when I went to WrestleMania and we had that Brock Lesnar match, when he came out, you're like, yeah, this guy gets it. This guy got it, the way he holds himself, the ways he's presented. And of course, WWE has to get behind that too, but you know... It's a, it's, a, it's a two-way street. Not everyone has the machine behind them and is able to smash it, and he, he totally does. And I'm massively intrigued to see what happens when he does lose these championships. I do think it's going to make someone, and I think he'll ensure that it does make someone. So, yeah. I, it has been such a good 12 months. It wouldn't surprise me if this was the peak, right? 
this is the peak. And whatever he does next year could be just as good, but I don't see how he surpasses it. And it goes for his promos, his character work. I may have already said that and I'm repeating myself. I just think he's totally smashed it. And when we do get the Kevin Owens stuff, we do get the Sami Zayn stuff. Absolutely, you've got to throw them in there too. But it's because Roman Reigns is this pivot point. I suppose actually he may have a better 2023 because if he has the match with The Rock, that's going to get all eyes on him, which is going to be crazy and he'll probably win because there's no point having The Rock as the champion. And hopefully we do the Cody Rhodes stuff too. I'm hoping we get to SummerSlam and we do Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns and Cody is the guy. It just feels like the right time to do it for me. Always separate the titles in, in some sense, whatever, whatever we've got to do. But yeah, Roman Reigns to me has been flawless. <laughs> and he's had so many good matches. I probably should have like, you know, decided to throw some out there. But you know what they are. Like, you, you, you already know what they are. And again, the one at SummerSlam with Brock Lesnar, when they did the whole tractor stuff. Oh, and the Logan Paul one in Saudi Arabia. Absolutely ridiculous. And again, Logan Paul is a wrestling savant, but you need a good dance partner, which is probably why they put, their, put him in there with Roman Reigns. Maybe he's not around for as long as we initially thought. Maybe his contract only calls for a certain amount of matches. So, you know, getting him to do that, absolutely perfect right i love it i love roman reigns and i'll always have roman reigns and finally wwe have what they always wanted right the top three i wiggled these around a lot given the way that i want to present them uh he was number two originally now he's number three for reasons again we'll get into Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn is probably one of the most important i know i've said this for a lot of people but i'm putting him above all of them he's probably one of the most important people to have on any roster in any promotion in the world because he can do anything he can be a good guy. He can be a bad guy. He can get you sympathy. He can be funny. He can be aggressive. He can be angry. He can be confused. He can be a conspiracy theorist. And no, none of his work ever drops below brilliant. That's like his lowest. The lowest he can go is absolutely awesome. Wow, watch me, you know, watch me go. And as much as Roman Reigns has been important to the, to the bloodline and the Usos, again, I'm probably going to do a tag team list too just because it's too hard otherwise to fit them in. Sami Zayn has been the the catalyst to drive this forward and don't forget it wasn't meant to be a story this long but he got himself so over with the fans and the usi stuff thankfully triple h and co looked at it and said no let's take our time with this we have something we're onto something we pull you know we've got lightning in a bottle so don't pull the trigger just yet and this is why i actually think it could be even better next year because he will have his roman reigns match that will be great he will win the tag team titles with kevin owens and it will he'll probably finally go back to being a baby face and do not forget how triple h treated him back in nxt he was the most sympathetic awesome baby face ever which is why owen screwed him out of the world champion he was like you absolute little bastard <laughs> how dare you do that i do admit that i hate his music i think his old one was much better i think it suited the character far more but these are small things and who even cares and it's the same thing again anytime he's put in a match we talked about the aj styles one earlier is excellent right it's brilliant. He doesn't have bad matches. And he did that jackass match at WrestleMania. There is only, I would say, three people on the entire globe that could have pulled that off. I'd put Kevin Owens in there. Obviously, I'd put Sami Zayn in there. And I think someone like Brian Danielson could have done it too, because Brian Danielson, as far as I'm concerned, is a genius. Outside of that, you may be pulling at straws to find someone that could make it as good as, as Sami Zayn did it. I also enjoy seeing you on the screen. Like, I want him to do well, <laughs> as silly as that sounds. Like, I'm drawn to every single thing that he does, and I look forward to seeing him, and he makes me laugh. All of these things are, are stuff that uh, makes me feel warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. So, fantastic. You'll be able to figure out what number one is as soon as I drop number two. And yes, this ties into the tweet that I did at Simon of 316, because he, uh, I did call him my wrestler on the year there, but I've changed it here just for some fun. It is Orange Cassidy. Now, already some people are facepalming, going, how dare you do this to me, Simon? That's such a terrible take. And no such thing is a bad take. Unless your bad take is, I want old, old people to I want all old people to die. That's a really bad take. But if it's just a stupid opinion about stupid wrestling, there is no 
such bad thing. There's no such thing as a bad take. And this ties into the thing. And if you did one of what, if you were one of the morons that tweeted me overly aggressive, dropping f bombs and who knows what else, and just insulting my lack of hair, it's the combination of goofy wrestling and awesome wrestling. Let's tie it into the Will Ospreay match, which we hinted at earlier. The way that he is able to do stupid hands in pockets, stupid kicks, not caring, doing lazy promos, all of this kind of stuff. And then when it's time to go, he smashes that button and he's doing every single thing that anybody else in 2022 could do. That to me is absolutely fantastic. Now, I'm probably more of a big men slapping man meat wrestler, but I think Orange Cassidy is engaging. I think Orange Cassidy is funny. I think Orange Cassidy has totally worked out what wrestling is meant to be. And this year, especially, especially because, you know, he won the All-Atlantic Championship. He has just had so many good matches. The Osprey one. I mean, he wrestled Shibata. <laughs> he actually wrestled Shibata. Even that Lumberjack match with QT Martial, I enjoyed. I mean, it was gibberish. It was on Rampage. But I was like, man, that was 12 minutes of joy. That's absolutely over the moon. And when somebody brings you that much entertainment, how can you not even mention them in your list? Again, I would like it if more people were able to blur this line. Like, Colt Cabana is, Cabana is very good at doing it. I think the Dark Order are very good at doing it. Uh, the Young Bucks are very, very good at doing it. Again, you know, they're flipping awesome. Kenny Omega is very good at doing it. But somehow, Orange Cassidy just seems to have the perfect blend. And just to make it clear, so people don't go nuts, when you are able to do that, you're always going to be high up on my list because I love goofy wrestling. When I do wrestling myself, I try and do goofy wrestling. I just do. It makes me happy, and he must feel the same. And also, he is in AEW because of this. He figured it out. Without it, he'd probably just be not just another indie guy. It's amazing if you're smashing on the indies. You've got a booking. No one ever expects that when they first uh, take a bump. You've actually got a booking. People are flying you out there. But he, you know, he, he was able to get to the next level because he came up with something different. He came up with something new. He came up with a niche. And I massively respect that. And again, when I sat down, I went through all his matches. Let's do it again now. I haven't got it up, but I'm going to get up. Orange Cassidy, 2022 matches. Just to try and get my point across. I assume K match is going to come up. Cage match is going to come up. It always comes up. So he had that match with Trent Seven on Rampage a couple of weeks ago. Made me laugh. Put a smile on my face. The Jake Hagar one with the hat made me laugh. Put a smile on my face. The Shibata one I'll never be able to get over. It was nuts. When he had that three-way with Luchasaurus and Ray Phoenix, I was like, this is just a joy with a bunch of characters that I massively, massively enjoy. Let's go back a bit longer. The match with Pac in September for the All Atlantic Championship when Orange Cassidy won. That was flipping good too. And they did two of them. They did absolutely they did two back-to-back or whatever it was. Let's keep going. Uh, let me get one that's a bit more out there. And you go, oh yeah, I remember that one is really good when he did the ethan kate page one at blood and guts i loved that one too you see i go through all his matches and it's like good good enjoyable funny stupid i mean the highlight was the will osprey one without a shadow of a doubt but i can't help it right i just think he's a great character and i love seeing different things make it i don't want the same thing every single time that would absolutely suck so the fact that we've got here awesome brilliant 10 out of 10 he's my guy and in number one it's kevin owens that's right kevin owens is again, one of these guys that you just want to have in your company because he can do everything. And the reason I'm putting him number one is because he had that match with Stone Cold Steve Austin and because he basically built that thing up by himself. And the fact that straight after that, he went into a program with Ezekiel and it couldn't have been more of a 180, but he still managed to make it work. But the real reason, the very last minute I put him at number one is because I watched that Raw show and when he had that stupid promo with Seth Rollins and started talking about percentages and you know, oh my gosh, you've still got that laugh. I was like, I just love this guy. Once again, another dude. I look forward to seeing him on television. I look forward to him cutting a promo. I look forward to his matches. I already look forward to his Royal Rumble main event with, with the Roman Reigns, even though I don't know it's the thing. And hopefully at some point, be it 2023 or 2024, he can win the WWE or Universal Championship and he have a proper run. What we did in 2016, as we know, was a little bit hit and miss. But 
he just ticks every box for me. And I, I mentioned someone that can do goofy and, and real, uh, whatever you want to call awesome wrestling. He's in that last two. In fact, him and Arden Cassidy and Sami Zayn may be the top three out of all of them. Hence why they're my top three wrestlers here. This should come as no surprise to anyone. Let me see if I can find this tweet. Actually, no, I don't want to. The, 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 the replies got so offensive, it even got to me. And trust me, I got a thick skin, man. I really don't care. But they were so offensive and so over the line. Eventually, just like, what the flip is going on? I had to mute the thread. <laughs> I never mute threads. I just thought people were going to be like, yeah, but no, I don't agree. And not like attack my family. <laughs> it's ridiculous. As some people did. But that is what I want out of wrestling. Because I think wrestling is so ridiculous and so silly as an entity that if you don't embrace, excuse me, you don't always have to embrace all of it. But if you can embrace all of it and you don't, I, I think you're doing yourself a disservice and you're doing, you're doing wrestling a disservice too. So uh, again, in no particular order, although there was an order, it was 10 Okada, um, 9 Will Ospreay, 8 John Moxley, 7 Seth Rollins, 6 MGF, 5 Brian Danielson, 4 Roman Reigns, 3 Sami Zayn, 2 Orange Cassidy, Kevin Owens. And look, don't worry, we're going to do tag teams, we're going to do women, because I think you have to give a shout out to Bianca Belair, the Usos, FTR, Oh man, there'll be a bunch. The acclaimed. Oh my gosh, the acclaimed. There'll be a bunch of people that we need to talk about. But you know, we've got weeks and weeks to do this. I didn't want to do it in um, in one fell swoop, and it just kind of extends the year a little bit too. Because I think that the uh, the what you call it, the news cycle will be a little bit low over December. Then we will get to January, and it will absolutely explode again. So that is where we'll draw a line under that, and we shall move into questions. I believe. And we'll see how mad people actually are. All right, let's get into some questions. No idea why I said all right like that. But we start with Mark the Pirate Daddy. <laughs> it's not my friend Martin, is it? Let me have a look. Uh, it is him. It is my friend Mark. Oh, there you go. Given the money she's made since leaving NXT and the hesitant of big promotions to hire scandal-related wrestlers, do you think Mandy Rose is done with mainstream wrestling? I think it's much of a scandal. I mean, I haven't seen the pictures, and I know some of them are meant to be risque, as they say. But I certainly don't see it as a scandal. I think it's, it's her body and she should be allowed to do whatever the hell she wants with it. And a company is also allowed to make their own decision, right? I think we can all sit somewhere in the middle and you can be leaning in one direction or you can lean in the next direction. And that's about it as far as I considered. But if AW hired her, would I care? Absolutely not. Tusselmania, who is also a good friend of mine. This is nice. <laughs> he says, what's your favorite promotion and why is it Mission Pro? Well, it certainly is one of my favorite promotions. Obviously, that's Thunder Rose's promotion, who I have now wrestled for twice. I mean, imagine you told me that a year ago, that in August and December, I was going to fly over to San Antonio, technically uh, Austin, and drive to San Antonio and wrestle for that. I mean, it's been awesome. Shout out to Thunder Rosa. Shout out to Tusselmania. Shout out to Jeremiah, JP Harlow, Joey Hyder. Um, I'm going to be forgetting somebody. I shouldn't. <laughs> Excuse me. I shouldn't have done this. This was a this was a terrible idea. But shout out to Brian and and all of the crew for treating me so nice. And I look forward to going back soon. Man, it's just my friends messaging me this week. My man Jonathan Orchard said, "When are the money maker shirts out?" I mean, I really should probably put them on Pro Wrestling Tees. Cheap plug. ProWrestlingTees.com for says Simon Miller. You can get your hardest part of the ring tee. You can get your goofy wrestling tee. You can get your surprise roll up tee. The most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. What's the other one? There's a fourth one that we made. I can't remember. Oh, Warm and Fuzzy and my Tum Tum Tea. Thank you to everyone that has bought one. Again, uh, it all helps me out a little bit, and I do massively appreciate it. And I should make Moneymaker shirts. If you don't know, Dan and UPW Ultimate Pro Wrestling, check them out on the internet, UK promotion. I am the Moneymaker. I'm a heel. I'm a bad guy. And we had a match the other day, or a show the other day, and as soon as I came out, I got booed out of there. So for everyone that messaged me going, Simon, you can never be a heel, man. Well, 
it hasn't gone too badly. So thank you very much. Prince Pele says, who are your Rumble surprise entrance picks for both Rumbles? I have a list somewhere about this because I'm doing something for what culture? So the 10 I have come up with, and yes, some are done for hyperbole because it's more fun. It's good to speculate. Is The Rock? Talked about that last week. Chris Masters, because it's about time we got Nat Nostalgia. Bring Carlito back because he was awesome last time. Cody Rhodes, if he's fit and healthy, he should be in it. Naomi, because it doesn't sound like she's going anywhere else, unlike Sasha Banks. Bad Bunny, obviously. Logan Paul, same reason. Tiffany Stratton, I don't see why she needs to be on NXT anymore. She's really good. Booker T, given that he had a match the other day for his own promotion, and probably Riddle. I mean, it does sound like he's going through some times, but if he is good comeback, that is who I would do. My man Dustin Parry says, as a wrestler, what would you say is the toughest move to perform that you personally can execute? Well, I don't do a lot of complicated stuff, deliberately so. I like to keep things simple. Uh, what is that? That's a very, very good question. I mean, doing a falcon arrow, it's not tough to execute, but you've got to make sure you spread your legs when you come down. Otherwise, you're going to drop somebody on your leg. I've done that before, and you feel bad, and you apologize. But no, I don't think I do anything. I mean, to me, every single wrestling move is hard. Like chain wrestling and headlock takeovers. I'm never going to get any kind of reaction from the crowd. But I tell you, trying to get that down to the point you don't like a goober is really difficult, right? Like, it just is. So there is skill to everything we do in wrestling. But I don't think I've got something that's like crazy. I'm sure other people have got stuff that's crazy complimented that made look easy. Uh, Wolverhampton Film Festival, also good dude, says, what is your favorite wrestling-related movie? Uh, well, Ready to Rumble is brilliant because it's terrible. Um, Wrestling-related movie. I'm going to have to look this up. Wrestling. I mean, it's probably The Wrestler, isn't it? Wrestling-related movies. It's going to be The Wrestler just because it's uh, it's so good. Not religion. <laughs> Religious-related movies. No, wrestling-related. Oh, my gosh. Why have I decided to do this? Google is not my friend today. I thought Google was meant to be my friend. That's the whole thing. So the ones we've got here, I mean, Beyond the Mat, absolutely. The Wrestler, absolutely. Foxcatcher, I would throw in there too. I mean, that's amateur wrestling, but it's great. Nacho Libre, and I think that's probably enough. I mean, there's, I mean, the, the fight with my family was all right, but have I ever had the urge to watch it again? No. Brian George says, forgetting all the rumors, who are your picks to win the Royal Rumbles in January? Well, I would give it to Cody Rhodes, and I would give it to Becky Lynch. Uh, unless The Rock comes back, then I would give it to The Rock, so I think that set it up. But I think we definitely should do Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania, so she should win that Royal Rumble. Jack Rose, if you could swap a brand original match type to another company, which would it be? I'd like to see Ultimate X in another company. It's a great concept, and maybe put Elimination Chamber across from another company. TNT over down here in Liverpool did an Ultimate X match. I think it was pretty good. I think my man Nico won that. Or at least he was in it doing crazy stuff. That's a very good question, though. I mean, I want to see the reverse Battle Royal in AEW or WWE because it's so pants. I want, to see, <laughs> I want it on the biggest stage possible. So I'll throw that in there. Otherwise, I think you make a good point. Yeah, Ultimate X would be good because it is different and it does work. And the Elimination Chamber is just cool. I mean... You could argue that War Games is basically Elimination Chamber, although that is, uh, sorry, I meant Blood and Guts, although that is basically War Games. Um, that's difficult because, you know, the stipulations that we do have basically, I mean, the only ones you can't do, you can always do ripoffs of, right? So you've got Hell in a Cell, but AEW could do a big cage match and nobody was going to say anything. It's essentially the same idea. Ladders, DQs, you know, uh, dog collar matches. So you probably hit the nail on the head because they are the ones that kind of have been licensed by... Uh, by certain people. Rob Atkinson says, in an ideal world, <laughs> which surprise Royal Rumble entrance would pop you the, both in mo the most in both the men's and women's? Well, the men's would be Repo Man or somebody dressed as Repo Man. I know it's ridiculous and I know you're rolling your eyes, but I'm a genuine fan and even for somebody dressed as Repo Man, I, nothing would bring me more joy, especially because my social media would melt down, which is always fun. Otherwise, in the women's, 
who would I like to see come back or be in it that I think would be awesome? Probably the Iconics. You may roll your eyes at that one too, but I miss them. It sounds like they're done with wrestling, and I was hoping kind of under Triple H's watch they would return. Or Naomi would be good too, for obvious reasons. Or Sasha Banks. Don't think it's going to happen. Aaron's Christmas Adventure says, any childhood wrestling Christmas memories? Oh, I don't think so. <coughs> Excuse me, that cough. No, I can't think of anything that ties in apart from like the 34th Miracle Fight matches they do or whatever you call it but no i don't think there's anything particular that makes me think of christmas and wrestling um i mean maybe watching it more just because i would have been off school maybe no no i don't think so that's a crap answer tate mayfair says why you're such a little melt well tate if anyone's gonna know about little melts it would be you if you don't know tate mayfair is a british professional wrestler look he's very good at what he does but he's also very annoying and in progress wrestling where i do the hosting he likes to piss me off all of the time, I don't want to spend any more time on him. This is amazing. We answered this last week, so sorry, CP. I'll give you a shout-out, but go listen to last week's show if you want my opinion on the final four of the Raw Rumble. So we'll move on to Sam, who said, how does AEW get their up-and-comers like Jack Perry, Ricky Starks, Darby Allen to the next level where they can help draw more money with the likes of Mox, MJF, Kenny, and Jericho without overexposing them and keeping things fresh? They won't have Jericho forever. Well, they may do at this rate. I mean, it's just standard wrestling stuff, right? Keep putting them in more and more main events. Make sure they're always involved in major angles. Keep telling the audience over and over again, these guys are important, these guys are important. Allow them to have good matches. Allow their personality to shine. Cut good promos. Do vignettes. That's all you do. And eventually people go, oh, well, I should care about this guy because look how much they're being featured. That's why going back to the Bronson Reed thing, sometimes doing the, oh, they're coming videos is good. Because by proxy, it tells you, oh, I should care about this person because they got a big video linked to them. It's just subconscious, if nothing else. And it's one of the reasons we should probably do it more. I mean, NXT does it the best. They always have videos, but they kind of have too much. So it goes the other way. But that's the best thing to do. Just tell us over and over again, you have to care about these people and ensure they're being put in angles where we're able to care. I mean, I care more about jungle boy now than i did from the first dynamite because he's been through so much and it's the same with ricky starks and darby allen i mean darby allen is very effective because he kills himself so much in matches you do naturally have sympathy for him even though he's choosing to doing it and therefore you're going to support him and you're going to root for him it's like a david versus goliath thing a hippica stone i think that's right how long do you think mjf will hold the title and who is your prediction for taking it away well i'm going to stick with what i always said ricky starks is always a name but i don't think we'll go back to that now so i think i'll hold it for a good old year and i think maybe someone like a jack perry will beat him in a year or so maybe at next year's winter is coming if it's not going to be jack perry or jungle boy um i mean he's still going to be a heel i would imagine Man, no, because I mean Adam Cole could come back as a face. I think Adam Cole is champion pretty good. Maybe a face Adam Cole. I'm gonna throw it out there. Because he may get love when he comes back because he's been through this terrible concussion. Juan Ortiz says, Hey Simon, with the NXT brand having premium live events and specials with the names from former WCW and ECW shows, Halloween Havoc, Heat Wave, The Great American Bash. Which name do you think WWE could bring back from WCW for NXT? Oh my gosh. Let's look up WC pay-per-view names. I'm not gonna remember all of those. Not Road Wild. <laughs> Don't want those. So list of WCW pay-per-view events. What do we have here? We have sold out. I take sold out. That was always a good one. Super Brawl, Spring Stampede, and we'll pick two more. Slambury, and the last one would be, no, not New Blood Rising. Screw that. Um, I mean, I guess they already have Starcade, don't they? That's probably it, you know. The rest are all terrible. Beach Blast, Capital Combat. We all remember that one. Wrestle War, Greed. 
uncensored. Yeah, these are all crap. I think they've already, <laughs> I think they've deliberately taken the best ones. They know what they're doing, but I'm all good with it. I like nostalgia. I know I'm part of the problem. Happy to be part of the problem. Lawseeker Sarastro says, how are you enjoying Mission Pro Wrestling? Well, you know, we've talked about it once, but I'll mention them again a lot. I think they're awesome. Kaz Kong says, who are the wrestlers throughout 2023 that are going to have the year of their careers? And which independent stars should we expect to see signed to a company? I mean, that is really hard. There is so many out there. And you could even argue, do we need any signees at the moment? I mean, I'm always happy for people to have jobs, but maybe uh, we could argue that like a Vikingo is already with CMML, AAA, AAA, whoever the hell he's with. I can't remember. He may get picked up, but again, I don't think anybody needs them. And the wrestlers who are going to have a breakout 2023 or an amazing 2003, I would put MJF in there. I think he's going to smash it. Um, let me try and think of one from the WWE side. Cody Rhodes is probably going to have a terrific year. I think that's a lock. Uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, because I think they're about to embark on all the stuff we talked about earlier. And I'll pick, I think Wardlow could have a good year if we do it right. We just need to do it right. And it's all there with Wardlow. We can easily, you know, charge him back up again. So uh, maybe to Kester too, because that guy's that guy's just absolutely got it. Shu says, do you see New Japan finally having a Gaijin wrestler finally winning the main event of Wrestle Kingdom 17? Uh, well, the main event is, is Okada versus Jay White, right? No, I think Okada will win. No, I think, I think Okada should win. You know, it's, you've got a bit of noise, Wrestle Kingdom, it's your WrestleMania, put over your super duper champion. That's the way to do it. John Richard says, after Dax Harwood, Dax Harwood has such a good singles year and probably wrestled more singles than tag matches in AEW. Do you think WW will and should, so AEW will and should split FTR? No, I don't. I think they want to give back to tag team wrestling. That's their passion. They've talked about this a lot. And I don't think people want to see him as a singles guy all of the time. It's cool to do it as a bit of fun. But no, I hope we never break FTR up. We break up enough teams. I never want to break up the New Day and I never want to break up FTR. And I never want to break up the Maximum Male Models because <laughs> they're fantastic. Genocide Chaos, which is a very happy name, says, what was the best piece of wrestling advice you've ever gotten and who was it from? I think probably the best piece of advice I've ever got. I mean, there's loads and I don't want to miss anybody out. I mean, have fun is always the best one. And it's true. Once you start having fun, wrestling is just great. And it looks better as well. And I mean, I'm gonna, I mean so many people have been so kind I mean, Mike Bailey gave me advice. My man Bullet has given me advice. Sam Bailey has given me advice. Um, Spike Trevay has given me advice. I probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> gimmick. Uh, Dan Maloney has given me advice. I mean, I'm going to miss somebody out here, so I should stop saying names. I mean, the guy, TNT guys, Big Guns Joe. Um, I mean, there are people like Tate has, kind of, but, you know, that's also Tate. <laughs> but um, David Francesco, my man. I remember we watched a match in my back yet when I came out and I was all like, man, gruff, I'm so angry. And he's like, Miller, just be the YouTube guy. I trust me, it will, it will, it will do better. And he was 100% correct. And I've never looked back from there. So yeah, you know, and everyone, the defiant guys used to give me, Martin Kirby, he always used to give me advice. I mean, there are so many people that have helped me along the way, but that is always one that sticks in my mind. And if I have missed you out, I'm so, 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 so sorry. Um, I mean, my man, Luke, my man, Gilligan, he, he's always helping me out. So yeah, there's a ton of people. British wrestling is full of good guys. JC3 says, Leo Rush replacing Swerve to try and salvage Hit Row. Thoughts? Is it even feasible? Well, look, I'd love Leo Rush to be back in WWE. I think that guy is a super talent, but I don't think he should be in a group. I don't think that's his thing. I think he should be by himself and doing his own thing. Um, I think he's going to be in the uh, the, the pro wrestling gorilla, gorilla uh, I can't remember the name of the thing, whatever that thing is called, <laughs> that tournament, which will be awesome. But he is really, really good. And he's obviously been through a hard time, so more power to him. But yeah, if he gets back to the big leagues, yeah, I just I would have him by himself. He works just fine. Lazar says, if you get the call from AEW to be a part of their show in the UK, who would your hope is your opponent? 
Well, I would like to do something. I mean, if it was up to me, and it wouldn't be, I would do whatever they asked. Something silly with a Danhausen or somebody like that, an Orange Cassidy, a Dark Order, you know, something super duper silly. I am not going to go on that card and out wrestle anybody, right? I'm an okay professional wrestler. I like to think where my true plaudits come is from the other side, the nonsense side of wrestling, and I could be wrong with that too. So if I was able to showcase that on the biggest stage with those kind of guys, I mean, that would be pretty, pretty awesome. It's a dream come true. Will it happen? I really don't know, but you've got to shoot your shot. Joshua Bean says, what is the hardest part of the ring? Well, I do believe it's the ring apron, but you may think it's the ring post. Jonathan says, technically not a question, but more of a gripe. You want a moan, man? Go ahead. Because Friday night is SmackDown, then why is it not Monday night uproar rather than raw? It would fit with the ups and downs of wrestling. Because Friday night is SmackDown, then why is not Monday night uproar? Because you mean like SmackDown? I do, don't, I don't know. I don't make the shows. I don't care. Jared says, what wrestling move impressed you the most watching as a kid? I remember Kidman doing the shooting star press seven-year itch while in Raven's Flock. That was one for me, yeah. I mean, not when he used to do it and not move forward and go smashing into the turnbuckle, but that was one. The Tombstone Pile Driver was one. The Rikishi Driver was one. If you've never seen that, you quickly re- learn why that was banned. So it was all those kind of moves that just had yeah, crazy high impact or did something crazy off the top ropes. I mean, I remember the first time I saw uh, Too Cold Scorpio do the 450, oh my gosh, it blew my mind. And now we see 450s all the time, which is truly crazy. Sheree Ash says, Vince McMahon once said on the Howard Stern show that Shane and Steph are his natural heirs, but now it's Hunter and Steph. What could be the reason? Well, it's families, isn't it? I mean, it certainly sounds like Shane McMahon and Vince McMahon have somewhat of a strained relationship, hence why he went away for a while. But everyone's, my family's like that, your family's like that, (laughs) excuse me. Everybody's family is probably like that. I mean, Hunter married Stephanie, became a son-in-law. Triple H, uh, Vince obviously trusted him more than Shane, and that's it. I mean, it can't be fun for Shane, but I don't think we need to dip our toe in because I'm sure it's bad enough as it is. Dreadnought says, if you had to wrestle as a video game character, which would it be? Nice and easy, my friend. You can take Kratos and you can take Marcus Phoenix, the bald crew, and I'll be a happy dude. Violent Blaze, just wondering what inspired you to become a wrestler. May have already been answered before, but I wonder if the reason has changed over time. I mean, just because I loved wrestling so much. And I always wanted to do it. And this was actually the third time of me trying. I tried once. I was too young, got eaten up and spat out. I tried again. I got injured. And, you know, I should have gone back sooner than I did. And then third time, I just promised myself I'm going to stick with this until at least I have one match. Then I fell in love with it even more than I ever have done. And it's been a roller coaster ride ever since. But, uh, yeah, it was just I've always loved wrestling. And as far as I just the way that I work, I don't think everybody has to be like this. I always want to see it through to its uh, its natural conclusion. Like, how far can I take this? And um, yeah, I mean, doing it is, is, is as far as you can take it. And I'm, you know, I'm really, really quite happy with everything that we've done. And long may it continue. Keone says, is the Triple H era living up to what we expected? And will his WrestleMania be the best one we've had thus far? Well, it kind of ties back into what I say earlier. I think all the cards are there for the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania to be some of the best ever, if we get it right. And so far, I think Triple H is doing a great job. I mean, not everything has changed. It hasn't been a massive 180, but Raw feels a bit better apart from that third hour. SmackDown feels a lot better. Uh, Pay-per-views or premium live events feel much more special than they have. And these are kind of the things that we wanted. And the matches feel a bit more free and smaller guys are being pushed and promos don't feel as scripted. These are huge tick boxes, and it does feel like um, a breath of fresh air has been uh, breathed into the product, which is why live ticket sales have probably gone up. Like Every, every resting analysis worth, its, worth their salt has always said, look at live ticket sales. Try not to worry about ratings too much because that can be affected. It's live ticket sales. And at the moment, WWE is just selling a bunch of tickets because the product is kind of hot, and that's because of what they're doing you know, week to week, and it's very exciting. 
Uh, Palak also asked, what's the hardest part of the ring? Well, this time I'm going to say the ring post. Just confuse everyone. Daniel Boyd, what are your goals in wrestling for 2023? To have as much fun as I possibly can and try and get more overseas bookings. Obviously, we did three America ones this year in Texas. Don't know how we do that. We've got New York in January the 21st for Battle Club Pro, if you are able to come to that on the 21st, like I say. So yeah, maybe a West Coast one in California, maybe something in Canada, more European stuff. There's just something absolutely badass about being paid to go and wrestle in another country. So we should, uh, yeah, I would like to try and do that. But who knows? Uh, Kai Tang Iguchi says, what do you think is the most visually impressive move ever? Ever? Well, I mean, Ricochet 630's got to be in there because that's nonsense. Actually, his double moonsault. Go and Google Ricochet's double moonsault. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Two plus two equals potato. Jonathan Big Hoss says, a Mount Rushmore of 90s occupational wrestlers. All right, well, Repo Man gets in there straight away, right? Kabam. I'm going to have to look these up. So WWF occupation wrestlers 90s. I need a lift because I'm going I'm to forget someone. Uh, we'll just do this top 10 list. I'll probably miss someone. The Big Boss Man, he would count. IRS, there you go. There's, and the Mountie. Boom. Let me just go through this to make sure I haven't forgot anyone. I think that's four right there. They're all jobs. I don't the clouds in there. Yeah, I'm done. I'm happy with that. Oh, man, look, it all came together so fast. Tyler says, will you be at WrestleMania in LA? And if so, would you consider doing a live podcast day with fans? I mean, we should be there. That's certainly the plan. But obviously, plans can change. And absolutely, if we can do some kind of live podcast, we will. But we're doing live videos and all of that. So if you're ever done with a wrestling show, a WrestleMania weekend, pop your head out and see if the What Culture crew are there because we record as much content as we can. Dave Kirkland says, what has been the best wrestling event you've seen live? WrestleMania 38. Because I'm a massive Stone Cold Steve Austin fan. I'm a massive Cody Rhodes fan. And it genuinely felt a privilege to see their big returns to WWE. And it made me feel warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. Tiffany says, what is the wrestling move you want to learn but haven't yet? I mean, a moonsault would be good. But am I ever actually going to do that? Probably not. It's not worth it. David says, are you going to face MJF for the AEW World Title at the London show? If so, that gets not a golden up but a diamond up. I mean... No, <laughs> because what would happen is I'd walk out and people were like, who's this bald guy? Like, I love all of you guys and I love how much you support me, but I'm pretty sure in the wider world, I am just some guy walking around with no hair. Uh, Joshua says, which spot would you like to most create in one of your own matches? Actually, what they did on NXT the other day with Grayson Waller and uh, was it Grayson Waller? I think it was. And Bron Baker, the, the Goldberg Bret Hart when you wear a thing under your, your top for a spear. I always like that. People are going, oh, I can't believe they copied that. It's been 20 years. Copy it more. I like it. Uh, Johnny the Great says, what are some of your favorite goofy wrestling bits? Oh, man, I'm never going to be able to think of them now. I mean, everything Orange Cassidy does, Trent and Chuck are so good at it, too. Um, the Max, I mean, no, 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 I wouldn't put them in the best. I mean, there's loads. I'd have to look it up, and I'm not going to do that. So there are those questions I really need to sit down and think about beforehand, but there's no time. I.I. says, what has been your favorite venue to wrestle in so far? And what are some of the dream venues you'd like to perform in? Also, has living through the pandemic affected your perspective of performing in front of crowds? That's a great question. So there's a, there's a venue down in Yoaville called Westlands, which is excellent to wrestling because it feels like a real place. Uh, Web Progress hosts their shows, the Electric Ballroom. That is very, very cool. I mean, there's going to be so many that I've forgotten about, but there are some really nice venues in the UK when you walk and you're like, oh man, this feels, you know, this feels like the real deal. I think Madison Square Garden would probably be the top. I mean, it's a boring answer, but if you wrestle in Madison Square Garden, you've done something right. And it did affect my perspective. Yes, I realized during the pandemic, look, doesn't matter if a match is good or a match is bad. Don't get too worked up about it. Just enjoy it as best you can and just have fun with it. So now when sometimes it does go a little bit squiffy, as is the way, I just remind myself having a bad match is much better than having no match. And you'd be surprised about the lift that will give you.
Chris says, so glad the podcast has triumphantly returned. Thank you very much, Chris. Why do you think WWE keeps pairing The Miz with different people, Champa? Now, Bronson, have they lost faith in him as a single star or is it something else? No, I think it's the opposite. I think they trust him and I think they know he can always get over with his talking matter if he wins or loses. And when these guys eventually turn on him, they're probably going to be more over than they were before. So it's like a rite of passage. Teaming up with The The Miz, I think, gets you from NXT onto a Raw SmackDown and you can do it with... uh, yeah, with more comfortability and more uh, more trust. So I think they're super high on the Miz, as they should be. We we all need to respect the Miz more. That guy is absolutely smashing. Antonio says, "Who is the third greatest tag team of all time?" I'm going to say Money Inc. Val Pancakes is the apron really the hard. Start again. Val Pancakes says, "Is the apron really the hardest part of the ring?" The answer is yes. Terry says, "What is your favorite holiday memory?" Eh, probably going to New York with my girlfriend. Andy Holmes, what wrestling matches shall I show to a non-wrestling fan? Anything Ricochet versus Will Ospreay because they go all flippy dippy doo da and they appreciate the athleticism of it. Jen says, "Do you think Triple H is letting Bob do his depression weight gain storyline? If it means the hurt business gets back together, then yes, please. Happy holidays. It was a great and happy holidays." to you as well Jen that is interesting because Bobby did talk about this recently and all of a sudden he's been taken off TV and he got fired I hope so seeing Bobby Lashley in terrible shape and then come back and um, MVP sort him out as well as the Hurt Business is what I'm all about and we can have a bunch of goofy vignettes so I truly hope you're right Jen that'd be flipping awesome uh, Jalen says, hey, Simon, say Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, The Rock and Drew McIntyre are the final four in the Royal Rumble. Who do you see winning it? If The Rock is in the Royal Rumble, he is winning it because all The Rock has to do is say, oh, hi, I want to be in the Royal Rumble. and I'm winning it. And everyone will just dance around and go, Rock, will give it to you. Don't worry about it. So, yeah, that is exactly what is going to uh, what is going to happen. If you take The Rock out of it, I think Cody Rhodes wins it, which I think is the right call. But, yeah, The Rock's in the final four. The Rock's winning. The Kingsman says, hey, Simon, don't have a question in mind, but just wanted to say huge fan, enjoyed your work a lot, especially the hardest part of the ring skits. Well, that means a lot of me, a lot for me, my friend. Thank you very, very much because nobody questions their content more than I. So knowing people are liking it and getting that kind of feedback, couple of thumbs up. Thank you so much. Ray says, does Ronda versus Becky still feel like a WrestleMania worthy match or should they pivot to a different one? No, I mean, it's all about the build, right? Tell that story. If you tell that story right, Everything is going to be absolutely fine. It will be perfect. It will feel like a WrestleMania match, especially if it is Becky Lynch who finally, you know, takes the belt off Ronda at that time because she would have held it since SummerSlam or whenever it was, which is a long ass time. So no, they're still worth in that. And I think people get very, very excited. Mr. J says, not the time or place, but Merry Christmas when it comes. Thank you, Mr. And to you. You are genuinely good people and a damn near beacon of positive energy. You deserve good things. <laughs> Brackets, cough, cough, and AEW contract. Well, that's very cool of you, my friend. Again, we continue to throw uh, to shoot our shots and see what happens. Sorry, as I type, I remember you are Jewish. <laughs> so happy Hanukkah it is. Dude, it's all good. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. I appreciate the sentiment, right? It's all about context, and I appreciate you. Cam says, I asked a Royal Rumble question. We've already done it. William says, should blading be considered illegal? I mean, not really. That means if I cut myself shaving on purpose, I should be arrested. And I don't particularly like the concept, but no, I don't think it should be illegal. The bearded ref says, who will be dethroning Reigns? I would give it to Cody Rhodes. I would give it to a Bron Breaker. I would give it to a Sami Zayn or a Kevin Owens, but I don't think we're going to do that. We've already talked about it. So Cody would be my guy. Possessed of Normality says, if the ring apron is the hardest part of the ring, what is the softest? The middle part, I suppose because that's the furthest part away from the ring apron. That makes sense. Uh, Transmutt says, who has your favorite wrestling entrance of all time? I mean, that's too hard to answer. Stone Cold's will always be amazing because of the pop. The Undertaker's, you know, when it was at his peak was amazing. I used to get excited about Kane's. 
Um, Stings in, in, in AW, I think, is awesome with the snow, you know, when he first came out. Cody's is quite... I like Cody's. I really did. I used to think it was so over the top, and that's what I want from wrestling. Some of Triple H's. I mean, it all depends on what mood I'm in. It's like, what's your favorite song? It's going to change every day. Cutler says, what's the second most devastating move in all of sports entertainment? Easy. The distraction. Of course. Surprise roll-up's number one. The distraction is number two. Mike says, any chance the podcast will go on YouTube as well? Absolutely. 9 p.m. every Wednesday. Search for Simon Miller and you can listen and watch it there. Over it says, if The Rock was to come back but not to feud with Reigns, who would you think he should feud with? I think LA Knight. Now, I would love that, but The Rock is only coming back to work top-tier programs, whether we like it or not. So he would work at Brock Lesnar, obviously Roman Reigns. He would probably do... Um, man, we've kind of run out of people in terms of top stars. I don't even think he'd do a Seth Rollins. I mean, a Steve Austin, he'd probably do, or a CM Punk, if you get CM Punk back. And I think that's probably it, because they are people that kind of sit on that upper echelon. And I don't think he's coming back for a normal, uh, a normal match. I really don't. Ethereal Hayes says, do you and Zicky Dice got heat? Well, I hope not. I've got no decent. <laughs> i got no heat with Zicky Dice. I hope he continues to kick ass and impact. Seems like a nice man. Uh, Mike says, why do people hate Bray Wyatt? They were clamoring for his return and for a nice long-term storyline. And he's given us fans all of that, and yet people are trying to discredit his and Knight's work together already. It's it's the vocal minority. Never buy into that. Go look at the numbers for Bray Wyatt. Uh, go look at the, um, uh, the what do you call it, the, the, the merchandise stuff, et cetera, et cetera. They are, yeah, like, he's doing fine. Don't buy into the noise sometimes because it is just a few people shouting very, very, very loudly. Uh, Ryan's Random says, with Triple H in charge, is WWE now AEW with more money, audience, and history? No, <laughs> absolutely not. They are completely different They are completely different companies. Um, Spaz Phoenix, my man, says, Hey, Simon, I'm continuing my campaign to have you come to Destiny Wrestle, Destiny Wrestling, I should say, to face Aiden Prince. Dude, we talked about this. Canada is absolutely on my list. It would be so damn cool. My question is, if Cody doesn't face Roman at Mania and if Punk finds himself back in WWE, is the two of them fighting at Mania the ultimate up from Triple H to AEW? So the ultimate finger from Triple H to AEW? No, I don't think so. I don't think Punk really, you know, Punk left on his own accord. Cody's a little bit different, but now he's reassociated himself with the WWE. I don't think people would look at it that way. I mean, you never know. It could come across like that. But to me... They're still kind of WWE guys, so I wouldn't read into it too much. And we will finish with Just Jim Credible, which is a great name. He says, who would win in a cage match between Pesipus and Puppet Miller? You ain't beating Puppet Miller, man. That guy's an absolute jackass. Like, what an absolute moron. It's <laughs> never in a good mood, always unhappy, always being a massive dick. And that guy, he absolutely sucks. Screw him. Screw him so hard. I'm looking at me right now. Damn you, Puppet Miller. And your Puppet Miller ways. And on that note, I shall let you go. Just do some pimping before we do, Ham. Please do subscribe to me on YouTube because I want to get to 300,000 subscribers because I have no self-worth. <laughs> do the same at Simon316 on Instagram and Twitter. Patreon.com for Simon316 is how you support this podcast because I don't make any money from it, so I basically use that in order to, to get it going. Uh, if you're into fitness, grillamind.com for Simon. You can Simon get 10% off, 20% at the moment. If you do the 12 days of Christmas sale, I get a little bit of money from that too. And again, merchandise. Go to um, my my link tree on my YouTube or my Instagram. I'm oh, my Instagram or my Twitter. You will find my Samson Athletic Store where you can get your Fitness Palace of Love t-shirt, which is what I call the gym. And again, prowrestlingtees.com for Simon Miller is where you are able to get my wrestling tees. We've got goofy wrestling, we've got the hardest part of the ring, we've got the surprise roll-up, and we've got warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. Thank you to everyone 
everyone who has bought one and to everyone that has bought a cameo over the Christmas period, over the holiday period, over the Hanukkah period. That's always a cool thing to do as well. So you're all lovely, lovely people. I appreciate you. The podcast continues to roll on. We should be able to get one done next Wednesday. I have family stuff to do, but I've made sure I've... um, yeah, I'm taking my stuff with me when I go here, there, and everywhere. So even if it's just like a 35-minute one, we'll be sure to get it up to keep this train going. Again, thank you as always. Happy Christmas. Happy holidays, because I won't talk to you again before that does happen. Make sure you relax. Make sure you fill your belly with food and just have a good time. And I'll talk to you again very soon. Yeah, 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 yeah.